When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking Major League Baseball as we begin our Major League Baseball preview with the NL and AL East. And then we're going to talk a little football news as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. You can go to righteousfelon.com. You're going to use the promo code BELLYUP to get 15% off your purchase. And they're introducing a brand new flavor uh, has just dropped for Righteous Felon Jerky called, um, oh, now I forgot, uh, Teriyaki Balboa, uh, supposedly in a Philadelphia kick of teriyaki. So I'm working on getting me some of that. But uh, like I said, go to RighteousFilling.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP for 15%. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. This is been a lot going on in the sports world here. Football's picked back up with uh, Combine and a lot of talk. Of course, everything going on there. And we'll continue to pick up with free agency about here. Uh, March Madness, which we like, is just right around the corner. I guess we'll be next week. We'll be into conference tournaments and uh, getting ready for the um, tournament and the seedings. And again, it's wide open. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Baseball season is starting. Uh, like I said, we're starting to work on fantasy baseball. I really enjoy the show that you and Kevin have on on Sundays. That's helped me a lot. And uh, looking forward to finishing my prep on that. But baseball season, I guess, because of fantasy baseball, helps me keep up a little bit more with spring training and just how everybody's doing and scoring there. And, of course, that's going on. So, um, yeah, a lot in, in the hockey world. You've got the trade deadline now and a lot of things happening there. So, um, yeah, busy time of the year here in sports again. It is busy, very busy, as a matter of fact. Uh, just like you said, we've seen some fun stuff in the uh, spring training baseball already uh, with a game that got called on the uh, pitch clock violation. Uh, we've seen some home runs, some good pitching, some different things going on. And uh, we'll talk a lot of baseball in the next several episodes as we begin our baseball preview today. Before we get to that one, though, we do turn our attention to the NFL. And, uh, you know, the draft talk continues to uh kind of go through the roof a lot of talk about those quarterbacks a lot of questions being asked who goes number one uh then who's the second quarterback after that we've seen drafts where there's a consensus number one but not a consensus number two 
Every team could view these guys a little differently. Anthony Richardson is a really interesting prospect out of Florida. Some people like him. Some people don't. Everybody says basically the same thing about him. He's got all the potential in the world. The question is, is can you turn that potential into skill? Uh, I've already begun working on uh, my mock draft, which I'll probably just end up waiting now until the week before the draft. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a lot of interesting going things going on, including one of the supposedly top four picks in the NFL draft this year gets arrested or charged with um, uh, reckless driving and racing and the car accident that killed his uh, teammate and another staffer from the team, uh, Devin Wilcock. And um, I, don't, oh, I forgot the girl's name. I apologize. Um, uh, oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Devin Wilcock and, uh, and Chandler LaCroix are the two people that were killed in the accident. And at first, we were always told it was a one-car situation. Well, now they're saying there were two cars. One, they were racing each other. Uh, he did not cause the wreck necessarily, but uh, he has been charged. So that is uh, Georgia lineman Jalen Carter, who honestly, Dad, I had sitting up at number three in this draft, the first non-quarterback that was going to be taken. And um, and now there's a little bit of question, you know, how much will this affect him? Will it be a situation where he drops, you know, to later in the first round? Or is it a situation where, um, you know, something else will happen and and he won't, won't drop at all? Uh, or will he ever play football again? You know, so there's a lot of things that we just don't know about the situation yet. And uh, be interested to see where that goes down. Do you have any, you know, uh, first impressions on how that's going to affect his dra draft status? Well, I read a little bit about it today. You know, what he's being charged with is a misdemeanor in uh, the state of Georgia. So as far as him, you know, being incarcerated or anything probably will not be the case. Um, I don't know. You know, there's a little bit of time between now and the draft. So I don't know. Uh, again, the teams, I'm sure, will do their due diligence with him about this. Um, so I, I don't know that it will affect his draft status a whole lot. Um, and maybe it should, I don't know, but we, you know, we will see. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course at the top of the list is the quarterbacks though. Anytime that you start talking NFL draft, you're going to talk about quarterbacks. And the big question mark is, well, who goes number one and who takes them? Number one, uh, is the large question mark. I still believe it's either Houston or Indianapolis that moves up to number one. I still currently think Bryce Young is the quarterback that will go number one, although I think C.J. Stroud could get that as well. Um, I think Stroud and Young go one and two in some way, shape, or form uh, before we start getting the defensive players coming off the board. Um, and again, you're talking about two AFC South teams that, that could be getting those first two quarterbacks, which could set up a really fun uh, long-term situation in the AFC South with Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. Two rookie quarterbacks coming in this year at Houston and uh, and Indianapolis, and then you got Tennessee, who is maybe another year away from Malik Willis, as the Titans seem to be sticking with Ryan Tannehill for now. We'll see if that actually gets through to the season. Uh, but we saw uh, some some veteran guys. Marcus Mariota, speaking of Titans players, uh, gets released from the Falcons today. So that's another spot that's kind of opened up. Of course, they got Desmond Ritter that they drafted last year. You assume he's going to be the guy. Then you got Derek Carr floating around 
waiting for the Aaron Rodgers news to drop so he can figure out which team he gets on. So lots of things are going to happen. Um, we saw Leonard Fournette get cut. Kenny Galladay got cut. And, Dad, I was thinking Kenny Galladay could be a good fit in Green Bay. I know he's been horrible in New York, but he's got to have some skills still, and maybe he's a guy that you could get for cheap uh, there in Green Bay as well. So uh, of these movements that have been going on, anything stick out to you in the NFL this week? Well, a lot of it, like I said, is just kind of talk at this point. So um, really, like I said, everybody's waiting on the Aaron Rodgers thing, and then things will probably um, straighten out. I do, as I've read about that, I, I think that the decision will come pretty quickly early next week, um, if not before then. And um, then then we'll see you know, what's going to happen. Now, if he comes out and says he's going to be traded, then – you know, how quick will they determine, you know, uh, where that's going to be? Maybe there's teams working on that already. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. But um, I think then, you know, him and Derek Carr, and then we'll you know, we'll see about everything there. Um, again, you know, it'd be interesting we get closer to the draft, how they rank the quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks will go in the first round, how many will go high in the first round, because there are other teams that are looking for quarterbacks. They just don't have as early a pick. Um, you, well, you've got Washington, you've got um, Carolina, um, and, you know, Seattle is talking this week there. So um, it, it'll be interesting, um, interesting to see. And, again, a lot of quarterbacks – um, you know, if you, you get some good quarterbacks that are going to be available in the second round and the third round, and how does that does that affect trades early on? Probably will. It may want to, you know, get extra picks in the second round or whatever the case might be. Uh, the Bears, I think, are going to trade out of the first pick, but where are they going to go? And, you know, what are they going to, you know, what are they looking for? Where, you know, um, there. So, I think there'll be a lot of movement around um, and trades in the first round, maybe this this year, and um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and of course we'll talk about this as we continue to get closer to the draft. But and even free agency could could shift a little bit of the thought process with Chicago. Um, you know, I mean, basically, if you if you're not going to hold that number one pick, they're either moving to two or four, possibly lower. Um, but I wouldn't think they're going to move lower than four. And then you sit there and go, okay, well, if we sign a defensive lineman and free agency, then maybe you've got the luxury to go somewhere else. Wide receiver. I don't think there's a wide receiver good enough to be a top four pick. Um, so maybe they go further down than Ford because they want a wide receiver and there's no reason to take one at four. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen uh, in the coming weeks when it comes to the NFL. Rodgers, you know, I still, I still honestly am at the point where I think I'd be surprised if he's in Green Bay. Um, I think he's going, not going to play for Green Bay this year. I think he'll either retire, um, which I think is still a very strong possibility, or go to another team, a team like the Jets or a team like the Raiders. Um, and I'm sure there's other teams out there too. But uh, I, I don't know. The longer this goes on, the more I just think, you know, I've heard seen reports where people are saying Green Bay wants him to be committed if he's going to come back. I don't think Green Bay is going to get the feeling that he's committed if he does decide he wants to come back. So I think he moves on somewhere else or retires. Um, but we should know, hopefully, by our show next week, what's going on with Rodgers. And then we can talk about actually what has happened versus guessing what does 
happen. Uh, Cincinnati came out and said, T. Higgins ain't going nowhere. Uh, earlier on in the offseason, we heard maybe Higgins wanted to go somewhere else. Maybe he wanted to get paid a whole bunch of money, whatever it may be. Cincinnati's uh, player personnel or GM, I forget his exact title, but he basically said, I'm in the business of making the Bengals better and getting rid of T. Higgins doesn't make us better. And I believe he is correct with that uh, as well. So, uh, but again, a lot of it's going to come down to what happens over the next couple of weeks. And Aaron Rodgers will kind of get the ball rolling, I think, with a lot of moves, um, even so uh, here in the coming coming uh, days. Um, anything else NFL related you want to get to? Um, no, like I said, it's just, you know, um, we have a lot of talk at the combine. Of course, they'll start working out the next couple of days. So you'll start hearing of yeah. players that are a surprise or whatever from there. But, um, you know, again, the, one of the biggest things we talked about with the combine is you got all the GMs there together. So yeah. a lot of discussion, I'm sure, going on, a lot of posturing, um, you know, a lot of talk there um, of moves that could be made pretty quick. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, you talk about the the combine. You know, it's going to be fun to watch uh, – Watch and see where everything goes with that, right? You always get somebody who's like, all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, this guy was projected fourth rounder, and now he might go number one overall because he ran a 4.17 <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, there's going to be somebody that stands out. There's going to be a quarterback that stands out. There's going to be a receiver that that everybody's on. An offensive lineman, we've seen this in the last couple of years. An offensive line and lineman running a sub-540, he's going to be talked about more. Those kinds of things are all going to happen. Nobody's going to have a clue what's going on until we actually get there and uh, and get it over with. So we'll see how all that shakes out for sure. And it's a fun time. I enjoy the conversations around it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it is what it is. And so we just got to figure, figure it all out. Uh, all right. So what we're going to get to here next is our Major League Baseball preview. We've done this uh, the last couple of years and had a good time with it. Uh, we just need to see kind of, sorry, I'm trying to pull something up. I'm having a hard time talking and doing that at the same time. Um, but we, we'll break down division by division uh, each team and have a, a and kind of give our thoughts for the season, uh, the win totals and uh, how teams are looking, new additions and, and sometimes subtractions as well. And uh, so we're going to start off that here next. But first, I want to let people know about Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon uh, can be purchased at RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. And uh, I personally think it's one of the best uh, textured uh, jerky I've ever had. Been really impressed with the texture of it all and uh, and excited to kind of see uh, new flavors rolling out. Like I said, the teriyaki Balboa and things like that. Uh, Got to continue to try. Try them and see how it all works. Thank you to Righteous Felon for supporting this program. And thank you to our listeners for supporting Righteous Felon. All right, Dad, let's start off in the AL East and um, an interesting group of teams this year because, well, they, they well, first of all, let's talk about this, Dad. Um, 
Major League Baseball changed how they're doing the schedule. So you're going to play your division less. You're going to play at least everybody once, which knocks them down. I think it's uh, five or six games that they won't play in, in the division now. And I think this helps the AL East and the NL East more than any other divisions in the in the league because they got tough divisions and it could actually help them to play teams outside the division more. What are your thoughts on on that kind of change going on in Major League Baseball this year? Well, I, I, I think that's good uh, for baseball. Like you said, it, it, I think it will help teams a little bit. Um, you won't be, you know, your strong division and, and, you know, they kind of beat each other up. There's probably a chance, um, you know, maybe more teams in one division um, can do well there. But um, I, I think I'm sure for Major League Baseball, and I haven't been to a Major League game in a while, but um, I think the fact of playing everybody and teams moving around everywhere, I think that's good. Um, you know, it's been years now that they've changed, you know, with American League, National League playing each other. I mean, I remember back when, you know, you never had any of that. And I, I think that's been good for baseball, um, good for, you know, players all the way around. I think it helps everybody. Um, you know, people may have their favorite team, but you get a chance to see all the different players and uh, get a little more exposure to the other league and the other teams. So um, I, I think the changes in baseball, I think, are good. It'll be interesting. You know, the rule changes are very interesting. Um, but I, I think that's good. I mean, you know, you always, in every sport, you have purists that, you know, don't want things to change. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I like the DH everywhere. Um, but, you know, you get used to it, and that's what you do. And um, I think the rule changes will be very interesting. I think it'll be kind of fresh, and it'll be um, – be different and because baseball um i've heard people say and it's probably true i've gotten away from some of the base hits and base running and things like that um even fielding as much as just you know trying to throw it as fast as you can and try to hit it as far as you can and um i think maybe you see more baseball and again with games if games go a little quicker i i think it'll probably help with fan interest it's going to be fun to watch this year. First of all, I don't know how anybody can hate on the DH. I don't know how you miss pitchers striking out, not even swinging the bat many times. That, that's gone. It's more competitive. It's better with the DH everywhere. Secondly, the rule changes with the pitching motion and the, the pitch clock and the larger bases, we're going to see a lot more base stealing this year too. So we're going to see an uptick in things that are exciting to watch. And I think overall it will be good um, as well. All right, so let's get into the AL East. We're going to start with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they had a rough offseason, Dad. Uh, Xander Bogarts heads to San Diego. They lose Rich Hill and Michael Walker. Uh, they lose J.D. Martinez, which isn't that big of a deal. Nathan Avaldi, another pitcher that's gone. Uh, and then other people that they've had you know, for short times or different things, Hosmer, Tommy Pham, those kind of guys as well. Trevor Story, who's on the roster, is injured. And, uh, and I don't think he'll be back for a while. He had surgery on January the 9th. He just got put on the, uh, 60 day IL. And then they also brought in out, Al Alberto Mondesi who had surgery on his knee back in May. Not sure when he is set to return. Um, so they're kind of in a rough spot this year. Uh, they got this, um, First round draft pick in 2018, Tristan Casas. I, I need to apologize ahead of time. I'm going to mispronounce names. 
Uh, just heads up on that for everybody listening. Don't get too frustrated. I apologize for it. But uh, this Tristan Casas guy is supposed to be the next the next thing, right? He's supposed to be really big uh, and have himself a great year. He's a lefty, uh, first baseman, and uh, they're expecting big things out of him uh, up in the league. Rafael Devers is still there. He's one of the only guys that's kind of left over. They bring in Justin Turner. Uh, they also uh, purchased from Japan uh, Masataki Yoshida. They got Alex Verdugo, Kiki Hernandez, Adam Duvall, Reese McGuire is slotted in as the starting catcher, Christian Arroyo uh, there as well. It's just a lineup that doesn't scare people, Dad. In the past, the Red Sox have been good, and they've been relatively good. Uh, this year, the expectation is a lot lower for Boston. Um, and then pitching Chris Sale, can he stay healthy is the big question. Um, there four of their five pitchers in the rotation are over 30. Um, there's a 30, almost 34 year old Chris Sale be 34 here by the start of the season, uh, or very soon within the season. Corey Kluber is almost 37. Nick Pavetta is right at 30. James Paxton at 34. And then Garrett Whitlock currently slotted as the number five starter. He's 26. So he's the young gun in the rotation. They do have Kenley Jansen, uh, locked up in the, uh, in the bullpen which could help him, but I'm not sure how many save opportunities he's going to get. Dad, this Boston team is just not the threat that we've ex- come to expect from Boston. No, that's true. And like I said, they've had a rough off season. So going into the season, you know, it does not look like Boston is going to, like you said, will not be the team that normally, you know, boy, the Red Sox is, you know, the Red Sox are playing and their rivalries with some teams there. Um, it's going to be hard probably for Boston to compete uh, especially with some of the teams in their division. Yeah, Boston is set at 77 and a half wins. Um, now, again, where they don't have to play their division as much this year, that's going to help a team like Boston. 77 and a half is kind of a low number, uh, but at the end of the day, it's probably a number I'm going to go under on uh, this year because I'm not sure what I'm seeing. I mean, maybe they make a trade during the year or whatever, but. Uh, I'm not seeing anything anything great coming from from this team personally, so I'm going to go under 77 and a half for Boston. How about you? Yeah, I would agree with that. I go under with them also. Yeah, just man, if I'm a Boston fan, I'm definitely not too excited about what I'm seeing. Uh, <laughs> what I'm seeing here this year. Uh, let's go to Baltimore next. This is a team I really like this year, Dad. Uh, Baltimore has got a lot of young guys. They sold at the trade deadline, uh, this, this offs, uh, this past year, excuse me. And they have one of the best young groups coming up in the league. They didn't really lose anybody in the off season that matters. Um, so that's kind of nice. Uh, and, but what do they have in their lineup? Cedric Mullins, who's a really good baseball player. Adley Rutschman, who's one of the best young catchers in the league. Gunnar Henderson, a really good third baseman for uh, for Baltimore. He's a second-round pick from 2019. Rutschman was their first-round pick in 2019. They also got a guy named Kyle Stowers, who was a 2019 draft pick as well. He should be the main designated hitter, at least the left-handed designated hitter this season. Uh, Anthony Santander, she, he's been good and not great all at the same time at different times. Same with Ryan Moncastle. Uh, Austin Hayes is going to field left field. Adam Frazier and second base. And Jorge Mateo at shortstop. 
it's an interesting team uh, in the field. I love Mullins, Richmond, and Henderson. All the other guys, I think they can have good years. The question is, will they? For the pitching staff, they bring in Kyle Gibson from Philadelphia. They traded for Cole Irvin from Oakland. They got Kyle Bradish, uh, Dean Kramer, and Grayson Rodriguez. I really like Cole Irvin in Baltimore. Getting out of Oakland is a good thing for him. So he's got a lot of potential, I think, here in Baltimore. And then Felix Batista is the closer, and he had a really good year last year as well. And he's pretty young, and really the staff is relatively young as well. Baltimore is, a, is I think, going to be a fun team to watch this year, Dad. I think they've got potential to make a run for a wild card spot. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I think they are. I know last year in fantasy, I picked up a lot of their younger guys from time to time at the end of the year. So I knew they had a lot of good uh, young players. They had people that were doing well. And like I said, they've kept the bulk of people together. Um, so I, you know, and they were definitely on the rise some last year. And I, I think they could definitely chance to get into playoffs this year. Yeah, to me, they're going to be one of the fun teams to watch. We'll talk about them as we go on throughout uh, our preview. But to me, Baltimore and Chicago White Sox are another team to watch out for this year uh, in the American League. Uh, but I'm impressed with what Baltimore has uh, put together throughout basically holding on to their young guys. Their projected uh, over under is 76 and a half. I'm going to go over on that one. I think they're going to be a tough team, and I think they can hit 80 this year. Yeah, I would go over on that, too. I think they'll be better than Boston, and um, I think they could be a lot better than, than than that. So we'll see. I think they could go over 80, like you said. All right. A lot better, he says. We'll see how that one shakes out. Let's head up to New York and the Yankees. Uh, obviously, they're towards the top of the division every year, it seems like. And uh, you want to talk about a powerful lineup? Well, then you can look at the New York Yankees. Uh, projected lineup according to Fangraphs, Glabar Torres, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Harrison Bader, Aaron Hooks, uh, Jose Trevino, and Oswald Peraza. Uh, Peraza's the guy you got to watch out. He's he's the young gun uh, coming in at shortstop and should be uh, a fun guy to watch. And then you're talking about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa uh, and DJ LeMahieu on the bench, although LeMahieu might see some time up. Uh, at third base as well. And then Oswaldo Cabrera is an interesting young guy as well. So the Yankees have a good mixture of young and old coming into this season on the offensive side of things. Then you look at the uh, rotation. Garrett Cole, of course, is one of the more dominant pitchers in the league. Carlos Rodon comes over from San Francisco. Then Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and Domingo Yerman. And I got to tell you, I don't love Yerman. I don't love Cortez. I don't love Severino. Um, but Rodon and, and Cole are obviously really good pitchers. And for five guys, it's not it's not a, it's not a bad rotation. Better than last year's, I think. Uh, even with a lot of these guys being the same, I, I they just didn't have a great year last year. Clay Holmes is slotted in currently as the closer, uh, along with other guys, of course, in the bullpen as well. To me, Dad, the Yankees look like they should be towards the top, if not on the top of the ALS East this year. What are your thoughts on the Yankees? Yes, I mean, it looks like they're, you know, very strong lineup, depending on injuries, you know, I, they should, they, they should be one of the top teams in the American League, no doubt about it. Um, there, whether they're, they're the dominant team, I don't know, but, um, you know, I think the Yankees should be a good team and what you expect the Yankees to be. 
Yeah, and again, I, I keep saying it, but you go back to the fact that they don't have to play the division as much helps them a lot when you get to play the Tigers, the Twins, the White Sox, the Royals, the Guardians, the A's. Uh, guaranteed to play those guys along with the NL teams as well that that are not great. Um, so when you look at that, you got to figure it, that they're going to be pretty good again this year. The Yankees over under is set at 95 and a half. I think they're good enough to go over that. Um, if I was a betting man and I'm not, I probably would stay away from this one. I think 95 to 97 seems to make the most sense. Uh, so I'd go over 95 and a half for the Yankees. Yeah, I'll go over, but like you said, it's close. It's right there. Um, but uh, probably it's safe to say over just a little bit. Uh, next up is Tampa. Uh, Tampa is one of those teams that's always there. And I always doubt them, and yet I'm always wrong. So maybe I'm not going to doubt them this year. And eh, that's not true. I probably will as well. They lose Ryan Yarborough, Corey Kluber uh, from the rotation from last season. Kevin Keemeyer's gone to Toronto. Um, David Peralta, eh, give or take, whatever. Not not too big of a loss in my opinion. Uh, you look at their lineup, their projected lineup according to Fangraphs. Yandy Diaz, he's one of those guys that's been inconsistent along the way, but Wander Franco is a guy I absolutely love. It's shortstop, Randy Arosarena, Brandon Lowe at second base, Harold Ramirez, Manuel Margot, Isaac Paradis, um, Christian Betancourt, and Jose Siri uh, in here as well. Uh, this is a team that, that, again, they're not super exciting, but they got some fun pieces to them. And then the pitching staff, Shane McClanahan is a really, really good pitcher. Drew Resmussen, uh, Zach Eflin comes over from Philadelphia, which should strengthen this, this rotation. But then Jeffrey Springs and Yanni Carinos, I'm not sure that either of those guys get me too excited. And you can never trust a closer from Tampa because they don't have one. They rotate guys through a lot uh, down there in the bullpen as well. So like I said, I mean, you give me Wander Franco, I'm excited about it. Everybody else, I just kind of go, eh. But history shows that Tampa's going to be there at the end. Yes, again, as I was reading, you know, Tampa didn't add a lot from what I understand uh, in the offseason. And usually, you know, you don't just stay the same. You either got to improve a little bit. They do have some good players, and they have been uh, they have been very competitive, probably a little surprising the last couple of years. Um, but I, I don't know where they'll, they'll fit this year. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they've got two pitchers that are on the uh, currently injured um, they've got, uh, Shane Boz and Tyler Glasnow. Uh, I think Glasnow will be okay for the season from everything I understand. He has a strained oblique, uh, but Shane Boz is coming off of the Tommy John surgery back in September. Uh, be interested to see kind of what he looks like and, uh, can he recover from that, uh, quickly. He's young. So you'd like to think maybe he can get a quicker recovery. Sandy, uh, Tampa Bay, excuse me, is at 88 and a half wins. I'm going to go under because that's what I do with Tampa. So I'll go under 88 and a half. Um, again, I think they're going to drop just a little bit. So, yes, I'll go under 88 and a half also. All right. And that brings us to Toronto. This is the team that should compete for number one in the division with the Yankees. Uh, they have a loaded lineup. Uh, they've got a decent uh, rotation as well. 
Uh, in the lineup, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, Alejandro Kirk, Dalton Varsho, Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, Whit Merrifield, Kevin Keemeyer, all on the team. Then you've got guys like Kevin Biggio, Danny Jansen coming off the bench more than likely. Um, that's a stacked offensive lineup. Adding Dalton Varsho in this offseason, Brandon Belt adds a left-handed bat, and Kevin Keemeyer adds a left-handed bat. All three of those guys left-handed brought in in the offseason. Keemeyer could be a really fun addition to this team uh, as well. He's kind of flown under the radar because he's been in Tampa. Uh, Brandon Belt's aging. I'm not sure if he holds that DH position uh, over Danny Jansen. Uh, and again, they've got to find some time for Kevin Baggio as well. So uh, Biggio, excuse me, as well. So we'll see what they do with that. In the rotation, Alex Manoa, Kevin Gossman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett coming over from the Mets. And then Yusai Kakuchi uh, comes in as well. Don't love their bullpen, but, Dad, I like their rotation as a whole. I think Toronto takes the division this year. I think they're good enough, and I love their offseason moves. They should compete with New York. Yes, I would agree. I think they can win the division. Um, again, you know, they went out and got the players. They've got a very stacked lineup. Um, you know, they, they, they've been good. This would be the this would be the year for them to um, – to perform, no doubt about it, and I think they probably will. Uh, they're over unders at ninety two and a half. Obviously, if I think they can beat out the Yankees, and the Yankees are at ninety five and a half, I'm going to go over with Toronto as well. And like you said, I just think this has to be the year they finally get it done. Yes, yeah, I, I would go over also, and I would agree with that. All right, so the way I have the East breaking down is I go Toronto, New York, Tampa. Baltimore and Boston in last place is the way I see it shaking out. How about you? Um, I'm again, as I look at this, I'm just going to go with kind of my gut on this, but I'll go with Toronto, the Yankees, then Baltimore, then Tampa, then Boston at the end. I think, I think Baltimore can make a move here and Tampa may slip just a little bit. All right. Uh, well, we'll hold you to it uh, as the season goes on. Uh, let's move over to the NL East, and this was a division that underperformed uh, in so many ways, but uh, the Braves ended up uh, uh, up, let's see here, 101 and 61, tied with the Mets at the end of the year. Phillies in third, uh, but they did okay after that. And then the Marlins and the Nationals uh, all in there as well. Uh, let's look at Atlanta first. Atlanta lost a, a fair amount of people this year. Dansby Swanson, gone. Kenley, Kenley Jansen, gone. Adam Duvall, gone. Um, Robbie Grossman, gone, which could be a little bit of an interesting effect for them as well. But they are still the Atlanta Braves, and they got a good team uh, mixture, again, of young people, actually relatively young uh, offensive lineup. Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley. They bring in Sean Murphy as catcher, Michael Harris, Coming off a great rookie season at center field. Ozzie Albies returning from injury. Uh, Marcelo Zunia, I don't like him. Eddie Rosario. And then the young guy, Von Grissom. They got, between Michael Harris and Von Grissom, really young guys that are going to be playing a lot of time for them in Atlanta this year. Uh, and then you've got Travis Dayernod still there. Orlando Arcia is still there as well to provide some depth for the team. And then the pitchers, Max Fried, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, who I hate, Spencer Strider, who was phenomenal last year, and Ian Anderson. So they got five guys that can go. They bring in Rossella Iglesias, 
uh, as a closer option for him in the bullpen. And, Dad, I just think this Atlanta Braves team is really tough again this year. And I love what they've done. Uh, most of their offensive lineup is under 30 years old. So they should be good for a while, right? Yes. Like I said, you know, they're younger, but they look like just a very strong team. I mean, they've done well the last couple of years. They have a lot of the main, you know, people there. A couple of their guys, like you said, Albies and Okuna, um, you know, should come back and, and be strong. Um maybe like they were a couple of years ago. And uh, it looks like Atlanta will be a very, very tough team. It's interesting. This team is built in a variety of ways, actually really balanced ways. 13 players on their 40-man roster are from the organization drafted by Atlanta. 12 are free agent signings. 12 are trade acquires and one waiver wire on the list. they got currently 39 guys on the list, uh, on the 40-man roster, excuse me. So, um, they've kind of built this in, in, in unique ways. They, you know, Dansby Swanson gone. He was there for, you know, he was drafted there. It was an important piece. Yeah. But then we saw last year Freddie Freeman leave as well. So, uh, and they made it work with Matt Olson. Matt Olson is not Freddie Freeman, but they made it work with him as well. And I love what Atlanta continues to do uh, here in the NL East. Their win total, Dad, is at 95 and a half. Uh, like I said, they got 101 wins last year. I think they get helped by getting to play their division less. So I'm going to go over again, 95 and a half. I, yeah, I would agree with that, 95 and a half. I believe they can go over that at least a little bit. At least a little bit. I like I like that. All right, let's see here. Next up is Miami. Uh, the Marlins, they made some interesting moves this offseason, although I don't think they're going to be that good. Uh, they bring in Luis Arias as they traded Pablo Lopez for him. They bring in Gene Segura as well to kind of bolster their infield with those two guys. Jazz Chisholm will move to center field. They still have Jorge Soler, uh, Garrett Cooper, Abasal Garcia, uh, Joey Wendell, the only left-handed newbie, I suppose. Uh, Brian De La Cruz, a lot of people really like him in the outfield. Jacob Stallings listed as the starting catcher as well. The pitching staff was led by Sandy Alcantara. They bring in Johnny Cueto. They got Jesus Luzardo, uh, Edward Cabrera, and Trevor Rogers. It's actually a really good pitching setup. I mean, they again, they lost Pablo Lopez. They replaced him basically with Johnny Cueto. It's a pretty good five uh, there. They also bring in A.J. Puck uh, in, in the offseason uh, to be in the bullpen. <sighs> I mean, I look at this division, Dad, and I think, well, I've got the Mets, I've got the Phillies, and I've got the Braves. I don't think the Marlins can squeak into that top three, even though they made some decent moves this year. They're coming off of a season where they uh, won 69 games. I think they'll do better than that, but I, I don't know, Dad. I don't think there's enough on this team to be a legit contender. No, I don't know that they'll compete with the top three, but like you said, I think this is a team that could benefit from the new schedule, uh, not having to play the division teams as much. And they do have some good young talent. I think they'll be kind of a fun team to keep an eye on. And I know from the fantasy standpoint, it's the kind of team you want to watch and see who emerges um, having a good season there. Yeah, I don't love Marlins players on my fantasy team. I like the pitchers okay. The other guys scare me off a little bit. I think Jazz Chisholm is so overrated, it's not even funny. But 
The Marlins' win total is at 74.5. Again, they had 69 wins last year. That would be at least a five-game improvement. Where do you sit with the Marlins' win total? Um, again, I don't know that they'll compete with the top teams, but I would go over uh, 74 and a half. I think they can be improved. Maybe it'll just be a couple 77 or whatever, but I'll go over with them. I think I'm going to go under with this team, uh, man, but I think 74, I mean, I think they're going to improve from 69. How much are they going to improve is the question. So I'm going to go under with Miami, uh, and take my shots with that one. Uh, let's go to the New York Mets. Uh, they go out and get themselves a pitcher this year. They also re-signed Brandon Nemo uh, and Edwin uh, Diaz. They lose Chris Bassett, though, to free agency. They lose Jacob DeGrom to free agency as well this year, amongst other players, uh, too. Let's look at their offense first, though. Brandon Nemo, Sterling Marte, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonzo. These are all really good baseball players. Jeff McNeil, Daniel Vogelbeck, Mark Kana, uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar, and Omar Narvaez. I think it kind of drops off after the top four in this lineup. I love Omar Narvaez, by the way, former Brewers catcher, uh, but he's not going to give you a lot offensively at the very least. Then pitching, uh, Justin Verlander comes in from Houston. They return Max Scherzer. They go out and get uh, Cody Senga from Japan. Carlos Carrasco and Jose Quintana are there as well. Um, and again, their bullpen's pretty solid. So this is a team that I look at as a hit or miss team. The New York Mets, I have questions, lots and lots of questions about the New York Mets. Old, old, old pitchers. Will they last the season? Of course, Jacob deGrom never did. Um, but uh, I don't know. Is is bringing in a guy um, that is old like Justin Verlander, he's 40 years old, is that the answer? Uh, what do you what do you think about the Mets this year? Um, well, I think the key will be their pitching. Like I said, if these guys hold up and they end up being you know there, then they're going to be a very uh, tough team. They do have some talent, but like you said, there's a little bit of drop off. So I think I think there's a little bit of question mark with the Mets as far as are they going to be dominant and even where are they going to end up in the division? Yeah, I mean that 100 win, 101 wins last year. Their win total right now is 95 and a half. I see them more closer to 90 games. So I'm going to go under 95 and a half with the Mets. How about you? Yeah, I'll go under also. I think they'll be under 95. Um, they'll drop off a little bit there. So I would go under. Yeah, and one of the reasons I go under with the Mets is because I'm big on Philadelphia this year. And I don't know how you can't be big on Philadelphia this year. As uh, they come into this this season fully stocked and fully loaded, they lose some guys. Noah Syndergaard, Kyle Gibson from last year's team, both gone. Uh, Zach Eflin, gone. David Robinson, gone. Robertson, excuse me, gone. Uh, then, of course, Gene Segura, who's been around for a while now in Philadelphia, he's gone as well. But they bring in Trey Turner, who's a phenomenal baseball player. They return Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, uh, Nick Castellanos, who had a Bad year last year. I think we'll have a bounce back year this year. Uh, they expected Derek Hall to hold the majority of their DH spot. Alec Bohm, uh, we still expecting more from him at third base. Bryson Scott at second base. Brandon Marsh that came over last year in the trade from Los Angeles at center field. This is a really, really good lineup, especially if guys like Alec Bohm can step up and play up to their potential. 
uh, there. And then you look at the pitching staff. Aaron Nola, very good. Zach Wheeler, very good. Taiwan Walker, an interesting addition from the Mets. He's good. Ranger Suarez, okay, and Bailey Falter uh, there as well. And then they've got a, a bullpen full of guys with closing experience. We're not sure which one will be the closer. Craig Kimball, Gregory Soto. Uh, they got Sir Anthony Dominguez they like in that spot. And Jose Alvarez, or Alvarado, excuse me. So they got guys, their bullpen is tough. They're starting pitching. I like their top two guys. And their offense, I like a lot too. So I think at the end of the day, Philadelphia is really good this season. Uh, but there are a couple question marks still on this team. Uh, what do you think about Philadelphia? Oh, I would agree um, with your first comment. I don't know how you cannot be positive on the Phillies, the way they finished. And again, you know, they've, they've added some pieces. They've kept some of the really good pieces, and it looks like they can be very strong with pitching. They may even have some young guys that are not in the starting lineup right now that may challenge, from what I understand, um, going, you know, going forward. So, and they, they do have offensive talent. And um, I, I think the Phillies, the Phillies, you know, should be able to compete all year. Yeah, and you got to remember Bryce Harper's injured. He had Tommy John surgery back in November, uh, so at some point he'll return as well. To add to it, uh, you talked about the prospects and things, people that could come up. Um, as a Christopher Sanchez, Michael Plasmeyer, and James McArthur, all potentially guys. That could could make an appearance this year. Andrew Painter, possibly, probably not, but possibly as well. Actually, Andrew Painter might be the one you see first, I guess, out of that group as well. But I I love what they did this year. Trey Turner is such a great baseball player. Um, you add a guy like that, that's definitely a bump over Gene Segura. Uh, their win totals at eighty eight and a half last year. They only won eighty seven. But I think they're way better than that. I'm going to go over 88 and a half. To me, that's an easy over. Yes, I would agree. I, I think they definitely should be way over that. Yeah, I mean, I think Philadelphia is pushing for the the East title. Atlanta might be good enough to hold them off. Um, so I probably shake it out. Atlanta, Philadelphia. Oh, we haven't covered all the teams yet. I apologize. Um, I mean, do we need to talk about Washington? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Nationals real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry to any of Nationals fans who were tuning into the show tonight. Uh, they lose some guys. Cesar Hernandez gone. Uh, that's probably the biggest biggest loss they had this year. I mean, their offensive lineup is Lane Thomas, Corey Dickerson, uh, Joey Manessis, uh, Yimer C- Candelario, um, Dominic Smith is there, Kiebert Ruiz. C.J. Abrams, Victor Robles, and Luis Garcia. None of those guys excite me. Not a single one of those guys excite me. Um, I might find one or two of them eventually on my fantasy team, but not because they excite me. How about this for their pitching rotation? Josiah Gray, nope, not excited. Patrick Corbin, what? No, he's been horrible for three years now. Trevor Williams, nope, I'm out. Cade Cavalli. Uh, not big on him. Mackenzie Gore, eh, maybe, but no, not really. I hate this Washington team, Dad. Is there anything about this Washington team that makes you go, hey, there's hope for these guys? Um, no, looking at it before the year, you wouldn't say that. Uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. There's no expectations. 
So, um, you know, obviously they'll need to be trying a lot of things and um, we'll see what happens. But no, um, just looking at them, there's not a lot, a lot, a lot of hope at this point. For win totals, they're the second lowest win total. Only Oakland is below them. They won 55 games last year. They are currently listed at 60 and a half. Uh, sign me up for the under 60 and a half for Washington. How about you? Um, I'll go over, uh, oh. not, probably not very much, but I think, I, I think again, when you have a team like that, no expectations, they can try a lot of things. They can do a lot of things and they're, you know, surprised. So, um, you know, I, they should win 60 games. We'll take a shot at it. 60 and a half. Oof. Okay. Well, that's, that's fine. I got some young guys, CJ Abrams at shortstop. Uh, is an interesting prospect or young guy comes over from San Diego um, in a trade. Kiebert Ruiz, he's still young, so maybe he reaches his potential, but there's just, man, there's just nothing here. I, I don't get it. Nothing here in Washington to get too excited about, uh, in my opinion. So I have it breaking down Atlanta, Philadelphia, the Mets, Miami, and Washington. How does yours break down? Uh, I'll go with Philadelphia and then Atlanta, then the Mets, then Miami, then Washington. But I think it's very close there at the top, and we'll just see how this uh, – how the, you know, if the Mets turn out not to be real good, then we'll see this division may not be the dominant one in the NL. We'll see. We will see. We were talking about the easy over for Philadelphia. My man Kevin Wilson agrees. Easy over, look for 95 wins for Philadelphia, uh, which is a great time to mention – uh, and Dad, you mentioned it earlier in the program, but the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, live every Sunday at 8 p.m., Kevin Wilson joins me for that. He's the senior fantasy baseball writer at BellyUpFantasySports.com. Uh, and then we also have a guest on each week. We talk all things fantasy baseball. And, uh, Dad, we're inching ever so close to our fantasy baseball draft. Uh, last year, I ended up second place in the league. Uh, behind Dan D'Amico and right above Kevin Wilson. I'd always like to make sure Kevin remembers that. Uh, but uh, uh, we have a good time with that. And then, of course, Dad, me and you are in a, another league uh, where it's we've got a keeper league and, and have enjoyed that for many, many years now. Uh, but, I mean, fantasy baseball is here. Regular baseball is here. It's, it's exciting to see what's going on. You're a Giants fan, and I know we'll talk about the Giants in a couple weeks, but, um, you know, what's the what's the hope around San Francisco right now? Um, I, I think they'll be better than people think. Now, again, you know, you've got San Diego, who's really stacked. You've got the Dodgers, uh, who are always good. But like you said, this idea of not having to play the division teams as much, um, you know, as you read different things about the Giants, it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, doom and gloom. So um, we'll see. They, they did pick up some guys. They didn't get the big-name guys they wanted to get, obviously, with Judge. Um, there, but, um, yeah. I think the giant, the giants have always tend to last few years to surprise a little bit. And, um, I, I think they'll, they'll stay in the hunt. We'll see. Yeah. They had Carlos Correa for a day or two. And then obviously that fell through with <laughs> the, uh, the physical stuff. So they bring in Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto in the outfield to try to boost, I guess what's going on there. And, uh, San Francisco, they lose Carlos Rodon, but they pick up Sean Manea and Ross Stripling. They've got a decent rotation of pitchers, too. Again, we'll talk about them in a couple weeks, but 
uh, an interesting team there. And then I'm a Milwaukee fan, and I, I like overall what Milwaukee's done. What I hate what that Milwaukee did this year was the situation with Corbin Burns. They they argued over money and went to arbitration. They won in arbitration, and Cor- Corbin Burns came out of that just frustrated. And you hate to see that. He's an ace pitcher, and they need him to be solid this year. Um, we'll wait and see kind of what happens with them. And, uh, but they got some young guys too, outfielders and, uh, one of their top prospects and Bryce Terang, uh, should be coming up and playing at second base this year as well. So a lot of fun things there. I love baseball season. I'm excited that we're almost there. Uh, but obviously college basketball is the big news right now as conference tournaments, uh, overall will be starting soon. EKU's already been in theirs. They won a game on Tuesday night. They play at Liberty on Thursday night. It will be a tough battle for A.W. Hamilton and the Colonels, uh, but we'll continue to watch what goes on there. And it won't be long, Dad. We'll be doing a uh, tournament show, and uh, when we do the tournament show, their playing games will already be done. So we'll we'll know the 64, and uh, we'll have a fun time talking brackets and things like that uh, here. I think that's two weeks away, if I remember correctly. Uh, so we'll be we'll be talking about all that very shortly as well. Uh, Dad, you want your 30 seconds of hockey talk? Um, again, you know, interesting news with the Predators this week. Um, a little hockey news, Barry Trotz coming back. Uh, anybody in there in the Middle Tennessee area, very excited about that. We'll see if he can make the transition from coaching to being a GM. Um, and um, that was big news there in the Predators. And again, um, we'll just see how the hockey playoffs are, you know, shape up here near the end. Yeah, I haven't paid much attention at all to hockey this year, but I have seen Predators making lots of moves and saw the Barry Trotz news. And as a guy who was around when the Predators came to Nashville, Barry Trotz is definitely a respected, a respected individual. And so is David Poyle, who's who's retiring. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to break out and how how it all works. Um. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we leave? Nope. Like I said, we've got a lot coming up, especially with basketball and keeping up on getting ready for baseball season. So, and again, there's going to be football news breaking all the time. So a lot we can keep up on should be a lot, a lot of surprises by next week. I think there will be. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the sports though podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Tune in Sunday night for the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We plan to drop in a, a local hour this week as well if we can get the interviews in with all the basketball that's being played. Uh, but just stay tuned. Subscribe wherever you get to your podcast to the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.